Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, folks, and welcome to Cudlow. I'm Larry Cudlow. So, former President Donald Trump struck a unity theme last night in Laura Ingram's Fox Town Hall saying, my revenge will be success. Ms. Trump talked about migrant crime, drill baby drill, and described himself as a man of common sense. We're going to have an all-star panel of Mark Simone, Charlie Hurt, and Joe Concha. Mr. Trump also cited the Eighth Amendment that excessive bail shall not be required. We have Victor Davis Hanson to weigh in on that one. And Senator Tommy Tuberville will be here to clean up the migrant crime and in the stock market, we're going to get an earnings report on chipmaker NVIDIA. It could determine the entire market outlook. All right. My ref, former President Donald Trump, gave a commanding performance last night on Laura Ingram's Fox Town Hall. A headline takeaway, well, I thought his unifying message about getting this country back on track for everyone. Take a listen, please. I don't care about the revenge thing. I know they usually, usually use the word revenge. Will there be revenge? Uh, my revenge will be success. And just to underscore that unity message, Mr. Trump described himself as a man of common sense. Take a listen to this one. I'm a man of common sense. You know, they say you're conservative, you're, you're liberal, you're this, you're that. No. We're people of common sense. We need borders. We don't want to give foreign aid to countries that hate us. And speaking of the common sense theme, President Trump outlined his two top day one priorities. Take a listen. Two things I'm going to do. Number one is drill, baby, drill. And the other thing, equal, equal, is we're going to, look, I had the safest border in the history of our country. So those are unifiers. Okay, so think about this. Drill, baby, drill has become at least an 80% favorable issue. Closing the border and stopping what President Trump calls migrant crime is probably a 99% issue. That's what passes for common sense. The country will unite around those two principles. Drill, baby, drill, well, that would mean lower energy prices and an end to inflation. It's a huge economic growth booster rocket. It would also mean an end to the big government socialist Green New Deal, hundreds of mandates have been jammed down the throats of typical working folks who instead want to exercise their free consumer choice over things like gasoline-powered cars, microwaves, showers, toilet bowls. They do not want a bunch of Washington bureaucrats to tell them how to live. That is another unifying message. And, of course, closing the border is now embraced by virtually the whole country, including a bunch of blue state Democrats. And you know what? Barriers work. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has shown with his razor wire campaign that has greatly curtailed illegal crossings, so much so that the battle has now shifted from Texas to San Diego. Common sense people can see this with their own eyes every night on the news. And by the way, a wall would serve the same purpose, wouldn't it? Ironically, 
illegals from all over the world, including people from China, from Syria, from Africa, still have remain in Mexico cards. But they toss them away when they cross the border because they don't want the authorities to see the cards and then maybe deport them back to Mexico. Building a wall, remain in Mexico, catch and deport, well, all that is common sense. Drill, baby, drill, slashing grocery and oil prices, robbing Russia's Putin of wartime oil revenues, also common sense. These are unifying themes around the vital topics of promoting faster economic growth, higher real wages, and a restoration of safety and lawfulness throughout the country. Unifiers, common sense. When they're implemented, they will put America back on the path to success. Mr. Trump last night talked about a number of other issues, including fair trade, a return to international respect for America, solving all these blow-ups around the world, the Middle East, Ukraine, Afghanistan, all things that formed his record during his first term. And finally, finally, when asked, why does he stay in politics, in the political game, throughout all the democratic lawfare weaponizations, constant slings and arrows, Mr. Trump calmly replied, and I will quote, I want to make America great again. It's not great right now, and we can do that. End quote. And that's my riff. All right, let's chew on this. Joining me now, Charlie Hurt, Washington Times opinion editor, Fox News contributor, Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, and Mark Simone, WOR Hall of Fame radio host. Gentlemen, thank you for uh, coming on. Um, Joe, start with you. I mean, you're kind of out there. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go chronologically. It's alphabetical order. Or yes. geographically or something. <laughs> um, but really, you know, everybody's waiting for him to say something insane. He didn't. He talked of common sense. He talked about success, not retribution or punishment. I mean, I, I know the critics will never stop. But I thought he gave a virtuoso performance last night. And folks will respond positively to that. And he talked in general, compared to his opponent in Joe Biden. Ooh. Where's Joe Biden? He's in California right now. I'm sorry, is that a swing state? Of course not. And he's not even there to visit the border where thousands of Chinese nationals are now coming across. Meanwhile, you saw the vigor of Donald Trump. You saw the passion. You saw the fact that without a teleprompter, he could take questions for an hour on national television. People see this juxtaposition and they see the choice that's there. And when you take away any shortcomings you may have about Donald Trump's personality on all the things you just mentioned, on policy, on inflation, on crime, on the border, on foreign policy, on education, on trade, on energy independence. He's on the right side this of all of those. Is, this is not a radical agenda. Yeah. This is, it's now, common sense, like you said over and over again. Uh, that word juxtaposition, which I like very much, mm. we have some clips about juxtaposing Mr. Biden and Mr. Trump uh -oh. on energy, on physicality, and on logic. Ta just check this out. And I say to the House members, House Republicans, you got to decide. Are you going to stand up for freedom? Or are you going to side with terror and tyranny? He's declined, and there's no question about it, but he was always sort of semi-declined. If you go back 25 years, <laughs> no, but he was not one of the smarter people. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. But if I felt diminished or declined in any way, I think I'd know it, and I think I'd say, I'm not running.
So, Mark Simone, um, he declined. Um, but the point is making here, this is not about age. This is about energy. This is about physicality. This is about logic. I mean, the fact that Biden is how old, 81, 82, whatever he is, so what? Look at, I mean, as, there's a candidate out there that keeps talking about two men in their 80s. Um, Donald Trump could be 60 or 65 in those clips. What do you make of that? People will see this. They look at it. You know, non-political people just look at the difference between the two. Well, as Joe Biden would say, uh... <laughs> you know, it's actually great. You don't have to say anything. You just, uh... <laughs> uh, let me ask the viewers an honest question. Would you let him drive you in a car? Mm. I don't think anybody would. I'm serious. There's no way on earth he's qualified to do this job. Absolutely does not. Does he drive? And I does he in fact drive? Well, when he did drive, you'll notice it was a gas-guzzling Corvette. Oh, not an electric you, wouldn't, you wouldn't let him drive you in a golf cart. I wouldn't let him drive a golf cart. I would, I, would let, I would let Trump drive me in a golf cart. You know, they try to say Trump is declining. This guy plays golf in the morning, flies to another state, does a rally, <laughs> comes back, plays tennis, goes to a gala, does six TV shows. Sits today. through a trial, Sits. makes a thousand phone calls. That's what he does. He calls everybody in the world. Yeah. I've been on the end of that, right? <laughs> he just, he just, it's just a, or he returned calls, wherever he is. I mean, Charlie, maybe in a sense, the thing with Laura Ingram last night, Laura I thought was terrific, maybe... I mean, the message of success and unity and common sense important, but maybe just looking at him makes an important point and statement. Oh, I, I think without a doubt. And also, I think that Laura did a great job. You know, she you know, sometimes he likes to just sort of, you know, go on and and say his thing. And she stopped him and yes. kept asking very specific questions. And I think he does the best when he's being sort of pressed like that. And she did a great job and he did a fantastic job. But what's really shocking here is, as you point out, all of these things are just common sense solutions. And that it, and, and 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 that in and of itself is the reason why Washington despises this man, mm -hmm. because if you if you took him out of it, uh, the issues themselves are 80, 90 plus percent mm -hmm. issues that everybody agrees with. That and, woman. And it's terrifying to Washington. That woman asked him the question. She was you know, retribution. Yes. Punishment. Uh, women are interested in independence. And she was interested. And when he said uh, my revenge will be success. You could see the smile and relief on her face. I just thought that was fascinating. I don't know if we have a clip of that woman or not. If we do, we'll show it. But, Joe, I thought that was important because Laura Ingram set that up and Trump delivered, I think, in a way that may have surprised some people, just like he often delivers in a way that surprises yeah. people, because he's not what they make him out to be. The question is, guys, can he be consistent in this discipline? In other words, after Saturday, if he wins by four touchdowns and Nikki Haley goes up there and somehow makes another victory speech because she didn't lose by more than 30 points, will he go after her again on a personal level or just say... Laugh her off. Be like, all right, Nikki, you want to stay in this race? That's fine. Show me one state that you think you could win. Uh, overall, I think we're already in the general election season. And the question is, will Joe Biden actually debate Donald Trump three times, as is tradition between general election presidents and uh, candidates? And I can't see that happening at this point. You take the teleprompter away from Biden. He cannot survive up there. 90 minutes, 70 million people, they'll find a way to make sure that either he isn't the candidate or he isn't the one that's going to debate because he'll say that he's above Donald Trump and will not did, bring Did the White down House respond on it? Trump challenged last night. Did they, 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 I don't recall them responding today. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. They didn't respond. But yeah, I mean, he's not going to do it. He'd be afraid to do it. 
Um, actually, we have a clip of that. Here's, uh, the, here's the uh, challenge that Mr. B uh, Mr. Trump lays down to debate Biden. Coming up. I'll challenge him right now, and I, we can do you. You can do anybody you want. I, I'll take anybody from uh, CNN, which is doing very poorly in the ratings, by the way, as you probably know. I, I, I'll take anybody because I think you have an obligation in this case. You really have an obligation to debate. I don't think he's going to debate, though. I really don't think so. Do you think he'll debate, Mark Simone? Debate? No, he's, he can't even do a press conference. He, uh, there's no way he can... Uh, uh, an hour debate, it's impossible. He debated the, in 2020. Yeah. I, well, he was a different guy he then. Won one and lost one. Also, those debates were pretty rigged by those moderators. And cutting... Trump was Trump had COVID during the first debate. Yeah, but uh, the moderators cut Trump off whenever he was mm -hmm. getting to something great. They did never ask Biden a tough question. Uh, you know, Trump has a lot of things going for him. No candidate usually has. When he claims he can fix the economy, when he claims he'll fix the border, he's done this. We know he can do it. We've seen him do it. So that's an advantage. You think Biden debates? Um, open, open I, no, I, I think I think they will do <clears throat> absolutely anything they can to prevent that from happening because it will be such an embarrassment. It'll be a, it'll be a catastrophe for them. But it is interesting, you know, for all the ways that Donald Trump is the exact same guy he's always been. Mm. Um, he he is running a few degrees cooler. Yes, think, in this yes. Show. and and it's a very good. And thing. you saw it last night. Yeah, and you saw it last night. No, no, go on. That's a very important point. No, he, he just, you know, he's proven himself. He's demonstrated that he is willing to walk into the China shop and break everything to bring these very common sense solutions to people. And, and, and no one doubts that. And it allows him to sort of take a few degrees off and be a little bit calmer mm. and a little bit uh, d doesn't have to be as outrageous to get attention. Think about this. Just literally a few 24 hours ago in a courtroom, they basically try to take his entire livelihood away. No, everything. Businesses, cash, assets, name, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, okay? They tried to take it away. Yeah. And a few 24 hours later, he does a one-hour with a very smart TV personality, my pal Laura Ingram, and shows up pretty darn well. Now, it's almost like it focuses... That's something. That is something. Yeah, Think about it's that. It's like Muhammad Ali. You know, when you're getting beat up for nine years, after a while you yes. know how to take a punch and punch back and not get knocked down rhetorically or in terms of your confidence. It was a confident Trump last night. And a sense of humor kind of helps, too. That side, we like to see more. There was some self-effacing stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, there absolutely was. And there was good policy stuff. Look, you know, I, I still get excited about drill, baby, drill. I know, I go, yeah, no, lower oil and so prices. so does everybody else. Defeat inflation. All of America does. Grow the economy. I'm the only one, but, I mean, it's, it's very exciting for me. The only thing you miss is tax cuts, but we'll talk about it. I got it. one for you. <laughs> for your little clotheslines whenever you go to a tease. Uh -huh. Kill the bill, drill, baby, drill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Right? We appreciate that, that very much. Mark Simone, uh, you're an expert on um, vice presidencies. I am. So okay. Laura Ingram, <laughs> Laura Ingram said um, Vivek, Ramaswamy, DeSantis, Tim Scott, Byron, Donalds, Christy Nome, Tulsi Gabbard, and she said, "Are they on your short list?" We have a clip of that. I think he's responding to uh, what they said. Here it comes. Oh, it's a full, it's a full screen. All right, Trump's uh, short list. Anyway, I just read the short list. So you really think that's, that's a long short list? And there's a few on that short list that I don't really believe well, in. Well, he, he likes to give you some real choices, and he also likes to help promote some people. The DeSantis uh, inclusion, I think that's just an olive branch to DeSantis. Vivek, I think, ends up in the cabinet. I love Byron uh, Donalds, He'd be per but he's from Florida. You can't have two candidates. Well, can you have, so does that rule out DeSantis? 
Yeah, probably. You can't have two candidates from Florida because then you can't accept the electoral but they can, votes. They, they, they've figured that out before, and they can figure that out this time. And, and, and if you're thinking about it in terms of 12 years as opposed to four years, DeSantis would not be a bad pick. I was interested, and I must say, I mean, I was very unimpressed with DeSantis' campaign. Right. But he is genuine conservative. There's no question about that. Um, I was impressed that, first of all, Trump would acknowledge that he was on a short list, whatever list, long or short. And also, DeSantis, I was reading what he said in South Carolina yesterday. He came out four square for Trump as a conservative. He made it very clear. He said, Trump and I got like 96 percent of the votes in Iowa. I think that's what he said. Those are conservative Republicans. We don't want the corporate Republicans. We don't want the country club Republicans, meaning Nikki Haley. And if you are thinking about that eight years after four more years of Trump, then you you could hardly do better than somebody like that who yeah. would he would I mean he would be a nightmare for Washington. Well, I think which he, is I what think, we want. I think he would be too. Do you have a, a VP pick? We've done this before, but I've forgotten. I'm, yeah, I, the problem with DeSantis too. You want the vice president to deliver you a state. The last place Trump needs help is Florida. Doesn't need help. <laughs> I don't think he needs it. I don't. No, I so, think that's old. I don't think that matters. Anymore. Yeah, because he chose he Pence, and, and yeah. he didn't need Indiana. Look what Trump said last night on the Veep thing: you must be qualified. God forbid something happens, you got to be qualified. Um, so it's just interesting to me that DeSantis is on that list. But he does mention Tim Scott a lot. He likes Tim Scott a lot. He likes yes, a lot of Yes, this is true. I think Tulsi, just from an entertainment perspective, would be the best choice for us on this show. Because then you get a VP debate between Kamala Harris and Tulsi Gabbard, and she absolutely destroyed her. Tulsi did. Kamala the, in 2020. Can I be the first to tell you that Tulsi Gabbard will not be on Trump's day? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not personal. I don't, I don't have it. She can't do it. She's a Democrat. Don't write out uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She would Agreed. be okay. an amazing uh, okay. going toe-to-toe against Kamala Harris. All right. So last round, Any, um, you smart guys have to explain to me uh, before we run out of time completely. What is Charlie Hurt? What is Nikki Haley doing? Uh, Seriously? Honestly? I mean, he said last we, night, do we have the clip? I don't know if we have the clip. She doesn't know how to get out. Which so, is, yeah, no, um, that's a, that was a great line. That's a really and I good think, line. Yeah, I think that there's some truth to that. But not to be overly harsh about it, it's almost like she thinks that Joe Biden's going to win again, and she's auditioning for a, a cabinet post in the second administration. Ooh. I have no idea what she's doing. I mean, it's, it's just, insane. It's not there. DeSantis laid this out in his talks yesterday. He said there is no path. And when he saw, he said, I looked at the numbers for himself. When I saw there was no path, I pulled out. And because I'm a conservative, I supported Trump. I mean, see, what, what, do you have a sense of Nikki Haley? I mean, she may go on forever. She's got the money, which is too bad. But she's going to get clocked in South Carolina unless everybody in the universe is wrong. <laughs> Ego and attention. I think she likes it the same way Chris Christie did. Boy, she gets a lot of interviews on other networks and this one as well. Yeah, so it may be hard to walk away from that. It's the only thing I can come up with because, again, She's down four touchdowns in her own state. Mark, are you pitching for Tulsi Gabbard? Or no. What are you doing? See, Nikki Haley is like arthritis. You never get rid of it. It always, <laughs> always comes back. She's the Republican Hillary Clinton. She's running for probably a TV job. Or don't be surprised if she's already on the phone with the no labels guys. Oh. Maybe working on that. Wow. Auditioning for Haley Romney. Boy, that is a scary <laughs> thought. Haley Romney and a lot of high taxes. Charlie Hurt, Joe Concha, and Mark Simone. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it very much. Coming up here on Cudlow, we're expecting NVIDIA earnings just a few moments. It's a huge thing, right? It's an important chip company. It links to uh, artificial intelligence. It may actually chart the course of the stock market. 
for quite a few weeks, if not longer. We're going to have that for you right away. We are a business show occasionally. And Mr. Trump said it right last night. The Eighth Amendment states excessive fines shall not be imposed. I don't know if anybody in New York State heard that. Anyway, we're going to bring in Victor Davis Hanson to talk about it. I'm Kudlow. Nice work, Mr. President. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. All right, we are a business show, and um, I guess the video earnings just come out. Ace reporter Jerry Wills will be here in a few minutes. She's digesting some of these numbers. Uh, literally, the whole stock market is waiting. In the meanwhile, let's talk about the Eighth Amendment. And let's go to our great friend, Victor Davis Hansen. Senior fellow at the Hoover Institution, author of The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America. Victor, wonderful to see you. Thank you for helping us. Uh, I'm going to just play the clip. Trump last night out of the blue pulls a piece of paper out of his pocket and reminds us of the Eighth Amendment, which, Victor, I've got to tell you, I'm not as smart as you. If my life depended on it, I couldn't have quoted the Eighth Amendment. But take a listen to here's what here's what it looked like. I wrote this out because it was so it was so great. The Eighth Amendment excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. That's the Eighth Amendment excessive fines. I mean, you know what he did? I think he looked at my cash and he said, well, we'll take all of his cash. So, Victor, yes, excessive everything, weaponization, fines, you name it, um, would this, I mean, I'm going to ask you, speculate, you're a constitutional history guy. So would this make a state case or a local case, a federal case, because the Eighth Amendment's been violated and the Supreme Court should hear an appeal? Does that make any sense, Victor Davis Hanson? I think it'll eventually get there because if you look at past president, has there been anybody in this jurisdiction that was fined that amount of money, or better yet, Larry, find it all for overstating supposedly assets on loans that were performing, uh, audit, uh, adjudicated by very sophisticated auditors. Interest was paid. Banks were happy. No complaint. Uh, 
either in the past or the present. So there's no contemporaneous example of anything like this. And then when you look at excessive fines and punishment, it's not just the fine, it's the deadline where he has to post the mm-hmm. bond. Mm-hmm. And he's, his children and he are not allowed to do business to use their usual levers of, of taking out loans. And then they have a fe- an ex-federal judge also adjudicating what they can do and what they can't. And the company itself has got restrictions on it. And then you've got the larger atmosphere that everybody knows that he might have to unload valuable assets in a short time period, therefore deliberately on the part of the judge and the and the uh, prosecutor deflating the actual value of the assets. So it does seem to me it's not only exit, uh, excessive, it's unusual punishment. Were you surprised? I, I think it will be overturned, but all of these cases are... Did- did you Go see? Ahead. Did you see Trump do it, Victor? I mean, I, I mean, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. I've not heard anybody talk about the Eighth Amendment in connection with this case, but it makes so much sense. And he just kind of calmly unfurled it. I mean, I, I just think it was a, a shocker, a kick in the pants. And I don't know. My response is very cool. Yeah, I think it, you're absolutely right. And there's these force multipliers. We've got all of these laws that are being used in a way they were never intended. We have Fannie Willis using a racketeering law used for mafioso or cartels to get him on an election denialist charge. Or we've got Alvin Bragg, a state prosecutor, actually a city prosecutor, trying to bootstrap a federal campaign violation on. And we've got Jack Smith rushing in unusual fashion to get this his his suit uh, tried in court during the campaign season. And then we have the Latita James. This law was intended as a consumer protection law for clients or defendants that didn't have access to the usual amount of money or influence. And they could sue then people who had greater authority and had harm them. It was never envisioned for anything like this. So all of these cases, then we get into... E. Jean Carroll, that was a bill of attainder, basically. Somebody in the New York legislature passed a bill with Trump in mind that said for one year, the statute of limitations on long-ago sexual assault will be waived, and then suddenly she refiled. So it seems like they got the the target first, and then they manipulated or redefined the laws to make sure that he could be prosecuted. Well, I'd love to see them appeal all this stuff. Uh, on the grounds of the Eighth Amendment. Now, they're going to appeal it on many other grounds, and uh, Trump's lawyers are saying they are going to post bail, they are going to post bond, rather, and they will be able to cover it. Uh, but it's just an interesting thought to federalize this it is. on the basis of all these... Ex- I'm going to read it again. The Eighth Amendment, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. How about that? That's great stuff. Victor Davis Hanson, good to see you. Thanks yeah. for helping I mean, out. Yeah. Appreciate it very, very Thank much. Thank you. All right, folks, coming up, NVIDIA earnings are out. And it looks like they beat on everything. So that could be extremely bullish for those of you who own the index. We'll give you the full report. And Tommy Tuberville, Senator Tuberville, going to tell us how we can fix migrant crime. And then Steve Moore and John Carney going to talk about the economy. Stick around. I am Kudlow. Eighth Amendment, no cruel and inhuman punishment.
All right, NVIDIA earnings are out. Let's go to our ace reporter and market expert, Jerry Willis, for the full report. Jerry, beat, non-beat, whatever. That's Whisper. Hey, it's all good news from here. A beat on the top and the bottom line. Uh, so earnings coming in at 4.93 a share, adjusted 5.16 a share. That's compared to expectations of $4.63 a share. We are talking about a quarter, not a full year here, okay? When it comes to revenue, sales, uh, the expectations, $20.6 billion. We got $22.1 billion. However, as I was coming down here, I noticed that the stock in uh, post-market uh, trading is not rising. I think that the street was talking about a bigger number. Why is this important? This is an artificial intelligence company that makes chips that are important to the biggest of companies, uh, NVIDIA. Uh, you name it, uh, supplies Microsoft, Meta, and Amazon. And guess what? Goldman Sachs calls this stock the most important stock on planet Earth. Okay, there's a lot of hype behind this. This is going to help all the major averages. Artificial intelligence is seen as an important technology for all kinds of companies. You can see the stock here. This company has experienced like a doubling of sales year to year. So the power of this company... Uh, and just how important it is more broadly to others is critical. And I have to tell you, if we had had a real disappointment here, I think the market overall would be down. Keep in mind here, a lot of people own this stock, and they're going to be combing every word in this report because anything negative could contribute to a sell-off tomorrow. I wouldn't put it past them. Liz Clayman told me that I should mention the whisper number. So it makes me sound like I'm still a business commentator. <laughs> whisper number was higher. It may, I was going to say, it may not have beaten the whisper number. All right, Jerry Willis, you're the best. Just a quick thought from Breitbart, quick thought from Breitbart's John Carney. You're expert on NVIDIA, too. I know a little bit about NVIDIA. Look, Did the it whole, beat the whisper? The, it, was the, the, it beat expectations, but not as much as expectations thought it should beat it by. <laughs> Look, they, 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 make the, they make the shovels. They, there's a gold rush for AI. NVIDIA makes the shovels. If people weren't buying the shovels, everybody would worry about the future of AI. That's, what, that's, that's a that's great what point. No, no, that's a very important point. Okay, John Carney is going to be back in just a minute with Steve Moore. However, before we get there, we're going to talk some about migrant crime with Alabama Senator Mr. Tommy Tuberville. Uh, Senator Tuberville, welcome to the show. I'm sure you know more about NVIDIA than you want to. Sorry to bother you with that. But every now and then we put our business cap on. Uh, we have sound from Donald Trump on migrant crime. Let's uh, hear this for just a moment. There's crime, there's violent crime, there's migrant crime. We have a new category of crime. It's called migrant crime. And it's going to be worse than any other form of crime. You look at New York City, what's going on where they attack police. They want to fight police officers. Our criminals don't even do that so much, okay? I've never seen them having fistfights with the police officers in the middle of the street. And we have to do something about it. These are tough people. Don't forget, they're not sending their finest. You know, Senator, I mean, it has become pure lawlessness with attacks on cops, attacks on shelters, attacks on prisoners, attacks on ordinary people, attacks on women, attacks on shoppers, attacks on drugstores and pharmacies. It's the most remarkable thing. And then to top it all off, here in New York, as you probably read, um, Mayor Eric Adams and his crew are going to hand out debit cards, more or less $1,000 a person, uh, 
I don't know, it could be $1,000 a person per month. Things are going to be ten dollars or $12,000. Inviting people, come on in. We're going to give you cash. We're going to pre-refund your cash. I mean, to me, this is insanity, and Joe Biden won't make a deal to close the border. One of the biggest crimes, Larry, in the history of our country. Uh, Mayorkas uh, was impeached, what, last week? Should have been impeached. He's a criminal. Uh, he's been uh, behind the murders, the rapes, the child trafficking, the drugs. There have been hundreds of thousands of people killed. With These people could care less. I mean, the guy's a criminal. Not just He shouldn't just go in front of the Senate uh, to be impeached. He should go, go in front of a, a federal judge. I mean, he should be prosecuted. I, I've talked to him several times, and he, he's like he just ignores your, your question about the border. Uh, he, he's been told what to do, but he has been uh, somebody that's willing to go along with it. And it's just a shame. Uh, that this has happened to the United States or America. And, Larry, it's going to get worse in the next 10 months. I, I had uh, breakfast with the, the ambassador from Mexico not too long ago, and he said it's getting ready to get really bad. Even you think it's bad enough, it's going to get twice as bad. You know what I can't figure? Uh, Bill Malugin talking about this yesterday, Griff Jenkins on the show. Um, you've got all these Chinese coming across the border. You have Syrians coming across the border. You got people from Asia, you got people from Africa. Actually, I think the people coming from the Northern Triangle uh, in Central America are now almost a minority of the illegal immigrants. Now, I can't figure how in good conscience the Biden administration can sit there and stand there and do nothing about this. There could be spies, they could be terrorists. We know there's so many criminals. And uh, the Chinese thing, uh, what, single males... And by the way, wearing clothes that were laundered and have a nice suitcase. I mean, we are just being played for a fool. Well, we are. We're, for us, for some reason, the Democrats are going along with it. If you saw the vote last week, every Democrat voted not to impeach Mayorkas because they're behind this plan. They want more votes. They want more people to change the districts all over the country from blue to uh, red to blue. We have people coming in from the northern border. But, Larry, what you were saying a few minutes ago, most of these people are still walking through the country for, through Central America. You have a huge percentage now, though, that are flying into Tijuana, Mexico, mm -hmm. taking an Uber across the border, and then getting an Uber going into our country. It is, it's a shame what's happening. Uh, this administration does not care. They could care less. It's all about power. It's all about money behind the scenes. We have to stop it. And that's the reason President Trump has to get elected. He understands this problem. He'll put a stop to it. Well, he certainly uh, did a good job campaigning on last night at the uh, town hall with Laura Ingram. Senator, I'm sorry I don't have more time to share, but thank you for coming on again, as always. Thank Senator. you, Larry. You bet. All right. Now, we resume Breitbart's John Carty. And uh, someplace here, Steve Moore is around, kicking around more money on WABC Radio and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Steve Moore, you know, um, we had another uh, prominent Democratic economist, Alan Blinder, who was a friend, acquaintance of mine, longstanding, former vice chair of the Federal Reserve. Uh, last week, we had uh, Gene Sperling as a Biden economic uh, advisor, uh, Ms. Lael Brainerd, another Biden economic advisor. They're all out there with op-ed pieces and interviews um, saying that the economy has come roaring back, inflation has gone away, and uh, Joe Biden should be the winner on these issues. What do you think? You agree with him? You agree with him? I don't know if you read Blinder today. He's a very smart guy. What do you think? I, I, 
I did. By the way, the reason I'm smiling, uh, Larry, is my stock picker and more <laughs> invested a lot of money in NVIDIA at the beginning of the year. So <laughs> I'm a happy camper today. Uh, but look, uh, when it comes to this economy right now, I was looking at the top six or seven statistics. Uh, when you look at, for example, the black poverty rate, when you look at what's happened to gasoline prices, what you look like uh, inflation, when you look at what's happened to family incomes, every single one of these statistics has been better under Trump in the first year, three years than Biden. And I think that's the, really the key here. Is the economy improving? Yes, but it's not improving fast enough for Americans. One statistic, Larry, the, under Donald Trump, when you were there helping him on the economy, median family income increased by $6,000 under Trump, under Biden so far, is negative 2000 Yeah, you know, John Carney, there, there's a measurement out there. Um, if you want to buy the same basket of consumer goods and groceries, it's $1,000 more per month than it was three, four years ago, 12 grand a month almost. But I want to ask you, I was reading your, um, your uh, daily, and Larry Summers, uh, all right, smart guy, um, he uh, pulled the plug on inflation several years ago, yep. correctly. He actually is now suggesting that the next new in interest rates will be up not down. Now, you and I have been flirting with that yes. here on this show. Right. You've been writing about it. That's very interesting. He's the first one to draw blood that I've yes. seen. Very few people have been willing to go there. He's pointed out that inflation is not coming down. Alan Blinder's wrong in that uh, entire piece. Ooh. He argues that inflation has come down. Yes, it has come down. It hasn't been coming down, though, for six months. And for the last three months, it started to go back up. So uh, I think Summers is watching this and saying, wait a minute, guys, you all have these cuts priced in. It is possible. He's not saying it's probable. He's saying it, there's still a chance, a non-trivial chance, that we get a interest rate hike from the Fed before we get a cut. The market, we've been talking about that, but the market is not prepared for anything like that. Yeah, well, the market's moved it back to June. The, yes. the so-called rate cut is now back to June. Right. It started in March. It started in January. They had January, January priced right. in, then they did March, Now it's then they had May, now it's June. You know, one more inflation, hot inflation report is going to push out to July. There's no meeting in August, so then we're in September. I think that people might be surprised that we don't get a cut, or at least the cut comes very late in the Steve year. Steve Moore, part of this issue, and I want to raise this, look, the Bidens have spent, you look at the CBO baseline on the budget, the Bidens have spent their $6 trillion. The CBO out in mm -hmm. the 10-year window is looking for another 4 or $5 trillion. More deficits running upwards of 6% of GDP, 7% of GDP. And most of all, Steve, the borrowing, the federal debt, uh, in the hands of the public, okay, use that marketable debt, is going to run upwards of nearly, nearly 120% of GDP. In other words, the debt will be significantly more than the size of the overall economy. And you could be talking about nearly $50 trillion. Now, Steve... That's government stimulus, right? At some point, that is going to reignite inflation, or at least that is my question to you. Well, that's what caused the inflation in the first place. Remember, the fact is food prices are up 23 percent, energy prices are up 28 percent, and mortgage prices are up by 32 percent. Uh, so, you know, the, the idea that we've won this fight against inflation, no. One other thing, I am in favor of the 1 percent across-the-board cut this year as part it's called the massey amendment larry and here's the amazing thing just one percent cut save 30 or 40 billion dollars and the democrats are saying no they won't go for a one percent cut after spending six trillion dollars republicans don't they're not 
here, I'll rephrase it. The Senate Republicans who want to give money to Ukraine, okay, I, I respect that point of view. I may not agree with it, but I respect it. No pay-fors, John Carney. In other words, right. you're going to spend right. another $60 billion here. Where's the offset? Whatever happened to that idea? Also, by the way, these guys <laughs> should be doing exactly what Steve Moore was just saying. We should be thinking about tax cuts and helping people be able to invest their money so we can grow the economy. That is a way out of inflation. If you ask them about tax yeah. cuts, they scream about pay-fors. You ask them about spending money on Ukraine, they just magically come <laughs> up with the money. Right. That's a great point. Um, are you buying NVIDIA? Pay as you go, Larry. <laughs> Look, I think it's a little go. late to buy NVIDIA now. But... I own the index. That's all I know. I own the index. NVIDIA is in the, the index. I'm the same with you. The couple of trusts are doing very well. Steve Moore, Steve Moore is going to buy NVIDIA now. He's buying it at the top. I mean, what kind of... <laughs> that was a joke. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Tell Ann Moore I still love yeah. her. By the all way, Larry, the FTC is going to want to break up these uh, big tech companies that are making all this oh, money I know. for us. I, I mean, know. that's what Lena Khan wants to do. Lena Khan, Lena Khan. No, I know. Too much capitalism, huh? It better. Let's have the Chinese. <laughs> let's have the Chinese tech companies rule the world and destroy the American tech companies. That's another brilliant Biden idea. Anyway, Steve Moore, John Carney, thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate it very much. Coming up, here's another beauty. Joe Biden now continues to undermine the Supreme Court with another illegal student loan cancellation of their debt. I think it's 150,000 people. I don't know. We'll be right back with uh, the great Edward Lawrence. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. All right, President Biden canceling student loans yet again, even though the Supreme Court says don't do it. Our very own Edward Lawrence has all of the details. Edward, what's cooking? Uh, you know, Larry, he couldn't do it with one stroke of a pen. So the president is now piecing together this student loan forgiveness. The announcement today costing taxpayers one point two billion dollars. Some one hundred and fifty three thousand people will see their uh, will see student loan forgiveness being cut from them. It brings the total student loan forgiveness under President Biden to one hundred thirty eight billion. Here's the president moments ago. The ability to repay, though, has become so burdensome. A lot of people can't even repay, and they try. They, they don't miss payments. They work like the devil every month to pay their bills. But even they pay their loans, their debt increases, doesn't diminish because of interest rates. And I thought I'd make a lot more sense to relieve student debt for families and, and it would grow our economy. Because of interest rates. Now, the president using this issue to energize younger voters. Monmouth poll shows 45 percent of middle class people say the president's policies don't benefit them. Only 16 percent says it does. And Republicans say when you take out a loan, you should pay it back. Looking for a government handout at the expense of all taxpayers is not the way to learn responsibility. Listen. The younger generation deserves to know how this debt's going to get paid down. The younger generation deserves to know how they're going to afford a home. They need to know how they're going to pay their student loans. They need to know that things are going to be okay, and they don't feel that right now. Still, the president says he will continue to try and cancel debt getting around the Supreme Court. Larry? Edward, was he asked? Somebody said he was asked, aren't you concerned about the Supreme Court decision? And he says, no, not at all. So, and exactly. he just flips it out. Exactly. That's exactly what he did. said no one else. All right. If you think about it, basically, President Trump's message last night, he wants to pull the country together again, get it back working in the right direction. Success is the best policy. And I think it's a winning. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.